All right. Welcome, LALCC and friends. This is Living the Abundant Life broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in today, and I hope and pray that I would say something that will help you live the abundant life. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians 6 and 9. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Galatians 6 and 9, and it reads, And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in this season, in due season, we shall reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Let me just share some things with you. This is an encouraging word. Um, everyone grows tired of even in the middle of them doing good. You get tired, you You've been working real hard and you're trying to get things moving, trying to get things done. And 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 it seems as if that as, as the old saying, if you take one step forward, you take two steps back backwards. Well, the thing about it is you're trying with all of your strength. The word God tells us not to grow weary and doing good. The enemy will try to attack your mind with thoughts of inadequacy. He will try to attack your mind with thoughts of basically, well, you know, it's everyone's fault, but, you know, uh, it's their fault why we can't get this done. Or he'll even try to turn the blame once again on you. You feel inadequate. He's a liar. You know, in fact, I remember growing up, there was this uh, show that we enjoyed uh, watching called The Muppet Show. You may remember it hosted Kermit the Frog, but Anyway, you know, one of the songs that we like was Anyway, at the end of that, it, sometimes you would see these two grumpy looking old men that would be kind of being a balcony and they would critique the performances and and they would start off. Man, that was awesome. Man, that was great. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, you know, it was all right. Well, you know, it need a little work. Yeah, it could have been better. Yeah, you know, they, they need a lot more practice. Well, you know, it wasn't that great. Well, you know what? It stunk. It was terrible. If you notice the comments, it went from here and it dropped all the way down to being bad. Well, oftentimes when the enemy attacks our mind, that's exactly how it starts off. He may start off with it being below average. When he gets through talking to you, it'll be the situation will be so bad or you will feel so inadequate. He's a liar. He's trying to get you to think, to, to give up, to grow weary, to lose heart, to faint. That is what he's trying to do. And primarily, how does he do this? Through our thought life. Through our thought life. Always remember this. It's never as bad as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. Now, it could be just you know, work relationship, trying to work with someone and looks like they're not pulling their weight and, and you're trying and you're trying, you're giving all that you got. Or it could be something like you come home uh, from work and your spouse say, I want a divorce, you know, and it's totally unexpected. Whatever it is, it's never as bad as it seems. Now, the enemy will try to attack your mind as if it's terrible, but it's never as bad as it seems, all right? So we understand during this time, we're, we're dealing with the thoughts and we're thinking and we're thinking, and we're trying to figure it out. 
We'll even begin to start talking with someone such as a mentor or a prayer partner or a pastor or a deacon, whatever. We're talking about the problem. We talk about the problem. We're talking about the problem. Only problem with that is eventually you're going to get tired of talking. But guess what? The problem is still there. The problem is still there. Remember, ultimately, the enemy wants you to grow weary and you're well doing or he wants you to give up and faint. All right. So what do we need to do? We must stop the thoughts. We have to stop those thoughts from the enemy. You know, one of the first things you can do in the natural is get away. Now, you may not always be able to financially afford or have the time to just get away or the opportunity to get away on vacation. But you know what you can do? Sometimes if you're at the job, maybe you can just spend some time with a coworker talking about anything other than your problems. Think about it. Or sometimes, you know what? Go to a movie. Go to a good movie for that two hours, your mind will be suspended. You won't be thinking about your problems or your issues. Stop the thinking. After we've arrested our thinking, what's the next thing we need to do? Meditate on what's good. What's good about the situation? There's some good in it. Well, you may be saying, well, I understand, Pastor, but there's nothing good about my situation. My spouse just said, told me that they wanted a divorce. Well, let's look at some things. First of all, you got your health and strength. You probably have a job. You may have children. Well, what about this one? Pastor Mary, I don't, I don't see any of those things. Okay. You are saved and you're on your way to heaven. You're filled with God's precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And the greater one lives inside of you. And the word God says he knows all things. You have a lot to be grateful for. So start thinking about what's good about your situation or in your or, or about yourself. Think about what is good. Second of all, think about what did God say about it? What about God? What did God say about your situation in his word? And let me let me say this. What did God promise you? What did God promise you? One of the scriptures that come to mind is he always calls us to triumph. So what does that mean? If I'm not triumphing, triumphing in that situation, it's not over. If I'm not triumphing, then it's not over. I must continue to meditate and do good and not grow weary or give up. All right. Now, if you notice something here in this progression, you notice I didn't say talk to God in the from the very beginning, because you know what? Um, and it's good. You should try to talk to God, but that comes from mature, for the mature saint, Christian. Many times when attacks come, when you grow weary, it's a result of you thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. You're growing weary. The enemy will begin to sap your faith. And you have to be careful because sometimes, if you notice my progression, I'm going to go back to what I was saying. We went from thinking about the problem to stopping the thoughts, realizing it's never as bad as it seems, then what's good? What am I doing? I'm setting you up to be able to ask God in faith for an answer. Because it's hard to ask God. Now, we've all been there. We all, including myself, we've been there. You're trying to talk to God, but you're still meditating on the problem. You don't even hear God's voice. You don't hear his voice. But if we go through this progression, 
stop the thoughts, get away, uh, uh, talk about what's good about the situation, what did God's word say about it, then you can you be in a position where you can ask God, talk to God, and expect to hear an answer, right? Well, you all, this is vividly illustrated in the life of David. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And there's a few things here that we need to look at. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, that's a, a pretty long chapter. I'm not even going to go through all of that, but we kind of paraphrase what happens. Well, David and his men comes back home uh, to Ziglag after a three-day journey. When they return home, they find, find that Ziglag, the place where they've occupied, is burned to the ground. All their wives, all their children, everything, livestock, everything they have is gone. Almost like it seemed as if he's almost going through a Joseph, I mean, not a Joseph, but a Job experience for, for a moment. Everything that they have is gone. And the word of God says that the men, they wept bitterly. They wept so much that they had no more strength to weep. Now, you know, that's a lot of weeping. They had no more strength. Think about it. They come home and, and, and their wives and their children, everything they own, everything is gone. Can you imagine that feeling? Can you imagine the feeling? They're dealing with the emotions. They're crying. They're upset. The word of God says some of the men begin soon to talk about stoning David. Now, let's look at it. David is the leader, so he's really going through it. Because not only is he going with his own personal problems, but now he also has to deal with the threats of the people or deal with the people and their thoughts. So he's he's loaded down with a lot of extra things. You know, when you're a leader, the enemy is always trying to get you to see, to get loaded down with other people's problems along with your problem. That's what he does. That is what he does. But one thing I like about the scripture says, particularly in, in verse 6, Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it talks about David encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, one one uh, translation says that he he strengthened himself by meditating on the Word of God, or about what the, I'm sorry, not the Word of God, but with the things that God about the things of God, I should say. All right, he thought about how good God was. Now, now he began to think on these things. Now, if you know there was a map, a battle there. His mind wants to still think about what is. What is the problem, if you will? What is the problem? What is the current situation? The enemy always wants you to look at the current situation. But David was looking at, began to look at what did God promised him, the goodness of God. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. All right? So once again, when we're going through different things, we have to encourage ourselves with the Lord. How do we do that? Think about what's good. What's good about the situation? And what did God has to say about it? What does scripture, scripture say about your situation? And then remember, just encouraging scripture in general, he always causes me to triumph. Make it personal like I did, okay? So, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Then the word of God says that David inquired of the Lord. In other words, he's now in a position where he can receive from God. He inquired of the Lord Lord, shall I pursue? The word, the word of the Lord says, yes, pursue. Now, think about this for a moment. 
Okay, David's men get ready to pursue, but they don't know where to go. How do know what direction to go in? But they, by faith, and that is a faith that they don't know exactly where they was going, if they would even find the people. They have no tracks. They have no nut. They have nothing. Nothing. So David, once again, his men, 600 men, they get up and they begin to pursue. The word of God says an Egyptian came. That was, guess he was near faint himself. They found the Egyptian and they nursed him back to health, gave him his food, water, and all these different things. And then they asked the man, they said, hey, do you, you know, uh, uh, what's going on here? And, and have you seen these group of people or what's going on here? The man said, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, my master is, is, is so-and-so, and I'm paraphrasing. And they did burn down the city. And, and, uh, and so the, all that happened. Now, David asked him, okay, where can we find these people? And, and the man, uh, the Egyptian says, well, hey, you got to promise me not to kill me nor deliver me to my, to, to my enemies, or I should say the, the group of people who left him. And David agreed. And so the man told David exactly where to find the people. Now, uh, let me say this. David, if you notice, when you encourage yourself with the Lord, you begin to think God thoughts. How many people in their vengeance or their anger would have killed the young man? Or would have left him broke, you know, starving because he's no use to use for you. That person was the very person that God placed in his heart or put in his, I should it put in his presence to be a blessing to him. David was not so distressed that he just forgot about him and began aimlessly to look. No, David didn't do that. David nursed this man back to health, and that person was the key to his breakthrough. I have a saying, sometimes God will give you what you need and sometimes packages that you do not like. It keeps us grounded and following the spirit of God. That man had the key to what David was looking for. Word of God says the man told David and David found the people who did this, who were responsible for this, found them eating and drinking and, 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 and celebrating all the spoils that they had. Well, the word of God says David and his men beat them down, for lack of better words, all day and all night. All right. And the word of God says he destroyed all of them with the exception of 400 people who rode off on some beast. All right. He recovered it all. Not only did he recover it all, the word of God says he had livestock. So he, he reaped the spoils of battle and divided amongst is men. Let's look at something here. David, when it, now think about it. Have you ever been under that type of pressure where you lost, you and the people you, you, you're leading lost all of your family and then they're thinking about stoning you? David had to encourage himself in the Lord. You must encourage yourself in the Lord. And we talk about how to do it. All right. Now, that's the story, but I think it's something else that's quite interesting in this story. This, all of this takes place in 1 Samuel chapter 30. In 1 Samuel chapter 31, the last chapter in 1 Samuel, Saul dies. He dies. The next chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 1, 
it says that David laments over Saul. Now, you may be thinking, now, why would David lament over Saul? Saul was trying to kill him, but it doesn't matter. David respected the anointing. We'll say it again. David respected the anointing, even the anointing on Saul's life. Although Saul was trying to kill him, he still respected the anointing. Something that we can learn, okay? Uh, so the word of God says that Saul died. Second Samuel chapter one says that David laments. But in the second Samuel chapter two, David is anointed king of Judah. So what's the purpose of me telling you all this? Well, isn't it interesting that David, when this issue happened at Ziglag, David was very close to his own breakthrough. He didn't even know it. He was very close to his breakthrough. The next chapter, Saul dies. Now, remember, David is on the run from Saul. And the next chapter, Saul dies. He dies. David, I'm sure, is relieved because this man who was trying to hunt for his life, trying to steal, trying to take his life and all these different things, this man is no longer a threat because he's dead. But I don't think he was really was that relieved because the word of God says that he mourned Saul's death. But once again, a few short chapters later, David is anointed king of Judah. What am I telling you? When you're going through those hard times, could it be that your breakthrough is near? Could it be that you're about to be blessed bountifully? The thing that you've been believing God for, the thing that God has promised you, is about to take place. And then this, this thing that you're dealing with is the enemy's last ditch effort to get you to give up, lose heart, to faint. Remember, the word of God says, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, could it be that your season is now? I heard a man uh, preach this, uh, and it was really good. It was quite catchy. He said, you know, I was grew up, I was taught that there was four seasons in a year. But he said, but I soon learned that that was not true. He said, there are five seasons in the year. He said, you have uh, summer springs, winter falls, and then you have due season where you will reap a harvest. A season called due season. Now, I thought that was pretty catchy. But anyway, could it be that your due season is upon you? You're about to walk into that season of promotion, the season of blessing that God has promised you. Could it be that you're about to do that? Once again, this is the enemy's last ditch effort to stop you. So what am I saying? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Watch the thoughts, the thoughts, the thoughts of inadequacy, the thoughts that look like you can never get it done. No, God has a purpose and God has a plan and God's anointing you. He's with you. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are an overcomer. Praise be to God, once again, who always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to triumph. Encourage yourself with these words. God has nothing but great things in store for you. So remember, encourage yourself in the Lord. When the enemy attacks your mind with negative thoughts, he's trying to get you to grow weary and well-doing. Understand, 
You're a threat to him. You are a threat to him. That's why he's trying to stop you from doing good. Due season is on his way. If you stay encouraged and do not lose heart. Give God a hell and clap of praise.